Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme recorded live in Boise, Idaho. I'm your host, Jody Eichelberger. We are back with in-person audiences and rebooting by revisiting themes from our first season. On this podcast, brave audience members and special guest co-host Jessica Holmes let go of inhibitions and took to our stage to share stories inspired by the theme, Living Without, Stories of Letting Go. It's story time. And our first slammer is going to be (laughs) Jessica Holmes. It was all my name. Just kidding. It wasn't. I'm sorry, whoever else. You're going to get it after the intermission. Um, All right. So I wanted to explain my outfit. So this hat is my grandmother's hat. Um, It used to be the hat, you know, that was in your mom's closet that you would... I don't know if anybody else did this, but you would always sneak down and pretend you were a queen with, you know, one of those hats. (laughs) Um, My grandmother and grandfather are very important figures in my life. I actually use them in my, um, when I teach storytelling workshops. Um, I call the stories that you got from your family, from my grandparents, your grandparents, your headwater stories. Because I do this workshop with, with kids usually that I have them imagine their life like a river, you know, and um, your twists and your turns and your unexpected like bumps and your major curveballs. <laughs> um, one of those for me was the day that my grandparents died. I. Uh, was nine years old, and we were going to see them. They were coming to Idaho. We were going to my aunt's house in Parma to see them, and we were so excited. And when they answered the door, it was just like that heartbreak that happens to an entire family simultaneously. And I was like the youngest witness of it, you know? And I was thinking about it earlier, and it reminds me of when like a soprano hits that shriek and then all the champagne glasses break, like that was the heartbreak that it felt like as they had died on a car crash on the way to come see us together. Um, But the headwater stories that they left us are unbelievable. My grandma, um, I think is part of the reason why I love to wear vintage clothes because I imagine how badass the person who must have like owned this dress or owned this hat must have been. Uh, my grandparents, they were, my grandfather was a miner in the Philippines um, when Pearl Harbor was hit. He was living there with my grandma, their two toddlers. My grandma was hugely pregnant. And a lot of people don't know this, but when Pearl Harbor was hit, so was the Philippines. They had no time to escape. They ran into the jungle. Um, and somehow made a life out there. But one Thanksgiving, they almost um, starved to death. And uh, they had really nothing. But my grandpa had a little bit of salt and a penknife. And he went out there into the jungle and found a water buffalo, lured it with the salt, and killed it with the penknife. And that was all they had for Thanksgiving, but it saved their lives. Um, They were later captured by the Japanese and spent a year and a half in a concentration camp where they almost died and 
where my grandpa was tortured. I had this ex-boyfriend who would, he liked to torture me, but he would always say when things were bad, he would always say, are your, are your hands, are your, are your thumbs tied behind your back? Are you hung by your thumbs? And I would be like, no. <laughs> so he'd be like, everything's fine. You're not being tortured by the Japanese. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but the thing about my grandparents were the amazing joy that they carried throughout this experience. My grandpa wrote a book about it, but we found this, this YouTube video of my grandma telling a perfect one-minute story of this water buffalo Thanksgiving. Um, you can look it up on YouTube. Her name is, is Margaret Mal, <laughs> M-O-U-L-E, but it's, it's a perfect story. And she has this beautiful voice. Her three kids are right there, her little toddlers. It's outside, there are bombs going off in the background. And she just says, that was all we had for Thanksgiving. It's a really beautiful voice. But now that our boys are here, these bombs go off, her little toddlers laugh. Um, we're free again. And it's just the most beautiful thing. So I think even when you live without something or someone that is really important, the stories that they leave behind live on. So keep telling your headwater stories and keep wearing your cool headgear, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's her first time as a slammer, Natalia Di Josia. Okay, thanks, Jody. Um, quick story Di Josia is actually how I first said my name for 20 years of my life. And then I met some of my Italian relatives, and they started laughing at me and my brother. And they said, You've been pronouncing your last name wrong this whole time. It's Di Josia. And so now I now pronounce my last name as such. <laughs> Um, anyway, so in traditional Chinese medicine, autumn, fall is a time for grieving and death. And my partner is a practitioner of Chinese medicine, and he always reminds me of that. Um, our gardens die, uh, nature becomes dormant, and in general, too, um, people in our lives pass away. And in 2004, that happened to me, and my dad suddenly passed away, and... I was six years old, I don't remember much, and I'm not quite sure how I processed grief, too, at the time. I remember being super excited about all of the amazing food in our freezer, and I remember at the funeral home playing arcade games with the neighbor kids. So, now, just last week, something similar happened. Um, an old uh, high school friend uh, passed away, and a different kind of experience with grief. Um, there was a celebration of life recently, and I went into this, this big room full of people, and everyone is masked up, but I recognize almost every one of those people from, from high school, and all of these familiar faces, and I was transported back into this time. And there was so much energy in the room, and so much emotion, and people thinking about this person they knew, and thinking this person doesn't exist anymore. And that's kind of something that's hard to wrap your head around. And it's something that we all kind of go through, especially in the fall when the seasons change. You look on the news, people die all the time. You know, our dogs die, the plants die. 
and you think, well, how do we really, how do we really deal with that? And as I was looking at all these people in this room, and just processing all of this emotion, I was thinking, well, geez, how, how do we Americans really handle grief? Like, what do we do? What are we talking about? And in my experience too, we really just kind of shove it down. You know, we a lot of us we turn to other things to kind of distract us. We we drink a lot. Um, we try to forget about it, and that's good. It's good to forget about it, but it's also good to to talk about it too, and and let grief be a part of our lives, and also to let it go and to process that. And whatever age you are, um, we all process it at different age, ages. Um, so I don't know. This this week I've been thinking a lot about how cultures process death, and it made me think like, geez, do, how do Americans or most Americans do that? I mean. I don't know. I was just thinking a lot. So there's just something to think about, um, and especially this time of year. So thanks all for, for listening. Rhiannon Huntley. When people were sharing their stories, I kind of thought about some of the stuff that's happened to me recently um, and how I am kind of opening a new chapter in my own book and how it's kind of, it, it, it has some letting go to it. Um, I have some anxiety, some, I have anxiety. Um, and I had a lot of separation anxiety from basically birth to like age 15. I did not imagine myself ever being to live anywhere um, that wasn't in the same general vicinity that she lived in because I just was like clinging. Um, but, like, right after I turned 16, um, I am white-passing basic white girl, apparently. Um, really love Starbucks. Um, so when I turned 16, I found out that that was the age I needed to be to work at Starbucks. So I got a job there. Um, and that was really cool for me. I didn't think that it would have quite as much of an impact as it did, because now I actually see myself being able to be kind of independent and on my own. It's very exciting, um, but it also comes with some of its own issues, I guess. Um, I usually work in the drive-thru, so I'm the window person who you kind of have a random chat with when your drink is being made in the bar behind me. And I was, you know, pretty excited. I'm pretty extroverted, um, but it was actually kind of terrifying um, having to talk to all these different people all day and I don't usually like to use this word because it has some unfortunate connotations now but I consider myself an empath um, don't I don't just feel sad when other people feel sad I like legit take their emotions onto myself and I'm like no you can stop being sad now because it's I'm gonna do it for you uh, so, so, you know, people are coming through the drive through line and I literally am just like, so how's your day? And they're like, it's all right. And immediately my mood matches theirs. And it happens for even just like a three hour shift, even if it's a short shift, it's car after car after car of it's been okay or not great. This thing happened and just constant kind of stuff going on that I'm like, okay, this is fun. Uh, but I 
would kind of just internalize all of these stories. And this is actually pretty recent. I got this job in February, March, somewhat of last year. So like, oh yeah, yes, yeah, this, this year. Still 2021. Uh, but I went through all that stuff and last Thursday, Thanksgiving, I worked. I volunteered because I would get some extra pay, which is pretty cool. And a lady came through who I had actually seen before and ordered a drink and two blueberry scones. And I was, you know, just not thinking anything extra of it. That's what she usually got. Uh, she comes to the window and I'm told over the headset, hey, uh, we're actually at a blueberry scones. Can you let her know and maybe we can swap it out for something else? And I tell her. And then she looks away for a second, and when she looks back, she's crying. And she said, that was going to be my Thanksgiving dinner. So we swap it out for something else, and she drives off before I can really do or say anything. And I am like, I need to get out of this window now. This is not what I need to be doing for the rest of the day. Um, I was freaking out. I literally walked into the back to like blow my nose or something like 10 minutes after and had to like stop myself from crying or anything because I was like, that is just not like, not right now. I need to get back out there and have a customer service smile. Um, but when I went home that day and my parents can tell you guys, I was crying a lot. Um, but I had to kind of have this good conversation with my mom. She's very good at having good conversations. And just kind of talk about letting go of what other people are sharing with you and having to be able to depersonalize that interaction in the drive-through without necessarily being rude. So I very recently have had another experience in adulting and having to figure out how to not internalize all of the things that people tell me during the day. Um, yeah, I just, I thought that would be fitting to the theme. And that is, <laughs> thank you. That's Shannon. <gasps> oh my gosh, this is so great. Jonah put my name in the hat, but he would like to tell a story. Oh, he put your name in the hat. I, I see. wanted you to do it. Oh. She said that you were going to tell, tell this story. Well, you made me do it. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> then you're doing it. You'll do it too. Okay. It's over. Thank you. So, a couple months ago, uh, my family went to this trip to Kauai, and um, we um, went scuba diving. And when we got like to a deep part, we saw um, these turtles, and um, I mean turtle. And they were, uh, and it was super um, cool. And we went, and then we went snorkeling again. And we went like 30 feet deep into the ocean. 
put on this crew and um we um and we saw a lot a lot of different fish like the um clownfish and the zebra fish and also the parrot fish. It's Mary Frances. Come on, it's so good to be with people again, masked or unmasked, and be celebrating Boise and stories and people. My story about letting go is really about letting go. And not about the time, not once but twice, I actually had to let go of the airplane doors when I jumped with a parachute. No, I'm not going to tell that story. Okay, so here's the story. So I grew up um, a family of five, an independent kid, second out of five. My oldest sister uh, was the perfect daughter, and, and I was not. Um, in fact, my mom used to tell me, Mary Frances, you are ornery as, as ornery as the day is long. And in fact, when I was really little, she would take me out in public to socialize me to try to make me be nice to, to people. And for example, we'd go to Sears and Roebuck, and I was dressed up in a cute little like Santa outfit or something, and I got loose, and I climbed through the clothing racks. Raise your hands if anybody else has done that. Right? Right? That was the adventure. And I would come out the other side and go, oh, my gosh. And you were taught not to talk, not to, talk to strangers. Right? And the other rule was, don't go with the stranger. So I came out the other side of that clothes rack, and there were all these Sears and Roebuck people saying, well, you know, we're here for you. And you're like, I screamed, you're not my mother. And my mother went, oh, there she is. I can go find her. I can go find her. Okay, so my story is about my first trip to the dentist. Dr. Uh, I forget the name, begins with a J, Johannesburger, Johansson, but I'd never been to the dentist's office before, so I'm five years old, and I do love my mother, and I do trust my mother, and I want to be by her side, and that's why she took me out to socialize me like a caged, feral kid. So at the dentist's office, as a kid, everything is you know up here, and it smelled different, and it didn't smell good, and it just was weird to me and you know get me in the office and then the nurse oh yes come through and they pulled me through the by the hand by and this lady and, and this is in the 60s so this lady has that weird little pillbox nurse's hat on I'm thinking what is that and they left my mother behind and of course even though it was ornery but don't talk to strangers then they put me in that chair and the big lights and the metal and it didn't smell good and he had this white coat on I don't know that and the, my first rule was, okay, I don't talk to strangers, but you don't let a man, strange fingers, put them in your mouth. <laughs> so what did I do when he stuck his fingers in my mouth? <gasps> and I don't mean I bit him. I mean I put my choppers right on that thumb. Uh, uh, so he's like, okay, Mary Francis, let go. You can let go now. Uh because I'm not going to talk. I've got something in my mouth. Uh, 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 uh. So then he calls the nurse in. Hey, so, so, and so, and so. And she comes bopping in. Now it's, I've got this big guy in a white coat and her with this bopping hat because she's frantic. And I'm thinking, if I were big enough, I'd take this hand and slap that thing off. Like, who are they? Because I can't talk to her. So what do I do? I bite on his thumb harder. 
where is my mom? Where is my mom? And I bite even harder. Now he's really frantic because I'm biting hard. I'm shaking my head. They get my mom. So my mom in her little 1960s outfit in the clutch purse. Oh, you know, Catholic mom doesn't drink, doesn't suck. Oh my God. Oh my God. Now I've really done it. Now I really need to be socialized. I don't know what she's thinking of her feral daughter. So she finally convinced me he's a nice guy. Let go of his thumb. He won't hurt you. It's okay. So I finally let go of his doctor. He was really sweet about it. So I do want to tell you that I still went to this dentist until my mid-twenties. He allowed me back in his chair, bless his heart, until he retired. And every dentist visit, he would take that vacuum sucker get back at me and he'd suck the cheek and suck the cheek. You gonna bite me? He'd take my thumb and then when I open my mouth, he'd suck that thing in there and tease me again. And we had this great relationship until he retired and I'll miss my dentist forever. And also I wanna let you know that, you know, we've got this new year coming and have a great holiday and go out there and take a bite out of life and just know when you gotta let go. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you'd like to see the storytellers in addition to hearing them, this entire show is available on the Story Story Night YouTube channel. Story Story Night receives support from the Boise Arts and History Department and is funded in part by the Idaho Commission on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you to our media sponsor, Radio Boise, and our season sponsor, The Boise Group. Podcast production is by Stephen Baldessari. Our theme song was composed by Dan Costello. Find out how to participate in our live show at storystorynight.org or visit us on Facebook. Story Story Night is a member of the Boise Arts and Culture Anti-Racism Coalition, which builds on our commitment to be a platform where people tell their own stories. I'm Jody Eichelberger. Thank you for being a part of our story. 